0: Welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Today, we're going to look at the last name that's in the Old Testament. So the last uh, revelation, if you will, of God giving us a new name is in this verse. And after this one, there's, there's no new names in the Old Testament. And for those of you that are unfamiliar, the Bible is divided in two parts. The Old Testament, which talks about God's creation, our sin, and then needing a Savior. And then the New Testament, Jesus being born, the Savior, going all the way until God restores things right, like he talks about in Revelation, all right? So it's divided in two. So the last name in the Old Testament is the name we're going to look at today, and it's the name Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Shammah, all right? And it's found in Ezekiel chapter 48, verse 35, I'll read it. And it's talking about the new Jerusalem, the city of God. And it says, the distance all around this city will be 18,000 cubits, and the name of the city from that time on will be, the Lord is there. The Lord is there, Jehovah Shammah. That's the new Name that is going to be there. That's the so it's the last name that God reveals and kind of gives us an, an insight into who He is with that name. And if you know your Bible, it, it, from there we wait and wait and wait. And then when Jesus is born, one of the names for Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. So we've got a promise like God will be there, God will be with us, God will be there. And then Jesus comes on the scene and we have Emmanuel, God with us. And now as we know, we know these names and we understand who God is. We trust him more. And um, it's an amazing thing that Ezekiel is talking about, really, the end of the world. He's talking about after Armageddon, after all this has happened, all these things. He's talking about that God is going to reestablish Jerusalem. And he said his presence will be there God is there. God is there. That's the, that's the grand finale, if you will, that God is there. Now, I have to admit, when I was a kid and I heard about heaven and they said streets of gold, I was like, heaven's going to be amazing, you know, because I was caught up with gold, right? And if you're still caught up with gold, you're way, way, it's not even, it, it's pavement in heaven, Okay. It's not that important. But I was like, boy, gold. And then pearly gates. I was like, there's going to be gates, pearly gates. Oh, this is going to be amazing. And then I thought, there's going to be angels there flying around. I thought all these things were pretty amazing about heaven. And then how many know I had a little depression when I saw harps in heaven? I was like, ooh, harps in heaven. I don't know, I don't know if the artist just did that. All right. But I was like, all right, maybe there could be t- guitars. I-, I didn't really realize it until I got older that none of that was really important. None of that was really important. The important thing is God is there. And Ezekiel's saying, hey, the name of Jerusalem is going to be renamed at the end, saying God is there, Jehovah Shema. That's, I mean, it's going to happen right there. His name change on the city and the big grand finale, God is there. And now knowing what I know, I can't even imagine heaven without God being there. What a disappointment to expect God to be there and just having streets of gold and just having all these. You're like, where's God? Where is his presence? That's the grand finale. And the closest thing that I can relate this to is I was invited once to the White House. I was invited to the White House and it was on a commission on inner city and different crime issues and whatnot, and I get invited to the White House, and it says the Presidential Commission, and they invited, and I thought, like, this is amazing. I'm turning in my, you know, ID and, and getting, you know, the background check to go to the White House. I get to the White House. I'm just like, I'm nervous. I got my suit and tie on. It looks like Easter. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm ready. I go into the White House. I walk in. I'm, just, I'm a pastor, River Valley, and I'm, I walk in, and I'm there with about 25 other pastors, and we sit down. I'm waiting for, the president to come in and and we get an advisor i'm kind of like where's the president you know like i thought we're gonna meet in the like the oval office and they're like oh no if you want to see the oval office you can sign up for the tour at three you know you know like that i was like no 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 president like nope like just an advisor i don't even know who you are i don't even see you on the news and i I just you know how many know in that moment i'm just like "Where, where, where, where where's the president i was going to see the president and I'm walking, and the White House is beautiful. It's magnificent. And I mean, I'm in the White House still, but because I wasn't meeting, how many know like my expectations were to meet with the president and I'm meeting with, I mean, there was a senator came in. I'm like, whatever, senator, you know, there's a hundred of you, you know. Where's the president? That's what I'm thinking. And I left there and I came back to Minnesota and, and leading up to that, I was like, I'm going to the White House, going to meet with the president, going to, you know, meet with the president. And I got home and people were like, how, how was it? I could not hide my disappointment. Was an advisor. <laughs> Wasn't the president. I don't ever want to go back. I mean, I, it's just, that's how I felt. And, and so now when I think about it, this is the grand finale. Jehovah, Shema. He, the Lord is there. He is there. That he, his presence is there. And that's what we're about, being in his presence. And, and Ezekiel assures us God is there, that it's a new name in Jerusalem, a new name that God is there. His presence is there. And so we're going to look at the context of this story and then how we can live it out. But Ezekiel has a prophecy about the future. The Jewish people are in exile in Babylon. And if you don't know this, the Jewish people are God's chosen people at the time. They are his chosen people, and he is going to solve the problem of sin and bring about the Messiah, the promised one, Jesus. And so they're thinking like, okay, the Messiah, the promised one, the king of cake, like he's going to be born out of the Jewish people. And so they're excited. Now they're taken out of Jerusalem and they're in captivity. They're in slavery in Babylon. And what was a magnificent thought of what God was going to do is just a distant memory. And now they're wondering, God, have you forgotten us? Once there was glory in Jerusalem, once there was God's presence, and if you don't know this, and if you get an opportunity to go with us to Israel, you'll see this in Jerusalem. You'll see just the foundation walls of where the temple was. You'll just see, and it's magnificent what you see. It's just absolutely amazing to think this is just the foundation wall of what was up on top and God's temple was there and in the temple there was the holy of holies and God's presence was there it's a place that God chose to put his manifest presence right there on planet earth and it's amazing you'll you'll have an opportunity to walk around on the grounds up there and you'll walk around and you're just right near the spot where the temple was and where his manifest presence so this was happening this was going on and and in their disobedience that the jewish people the israelites had had god allows them to be taking taken away into captivity and they're in their captivity and they're wondering like what has happened his presence is gone it's it they the, the babylonians have destroyed this and it's gone and they're just devastated by this and ezekiel has a play by play if you will of god's presence leaving in chapters 8 through 11 of ezekiel and he's he's getting the download of god's presence being in the holy of holies and then leaving out and in ezekiel chapter 11 Verses 22 and 23, he gives us this. He says, then the cherubim, the cherubim are angelic creatures. Then the cherubim, with their wheels beside them, spread their wings, and the glory of the God of Israel was above them. And the glory of the Lord went up from within the city and stopped above the mountain east of it. So it stops above the Mount of Olives, and then the glory of God leaves Jerusalem. That's really sad what's going on. And after 70 years of captivity, Ezekiel is given this prophecy and God's reminding them, I've not forgotten you. I've not forgotten you. You may be in Babylon right now. You may be in captivity, but I have a promise for you. I am reestablishing my presence and we're going to rename the city. God is there. And he gives this prophecy and he says, Jerusalem is going to be renamed. And it's just an amazing thing to realize God's saying, my presence will be there. Now, before we look at how it applies to our life, I just want to explain to you again how important the presence of God is. We see in the Bible in Genesis, God's presence is there in Genesis. And I, I just can't imagine this that Adam and Eve are walking with God in the Garden of Eden. They're walking, and the Bible talks about in the cool of the day when God walked amongst them. I mean, it's just amazing to think that they have this presence there, and when they sin, the sin separates them from God's presence in that moment, and that intimacy and that just beautiful God is their environment. They're separated, and they're so close to Him. And it's just, it's interesting that, when Ezekiel gives the prophecy about God restoring his presence, it's almost as if a a new garden will erupt in Jerusalem. All right? Some of you are like saying, Pastor Rob, you're teaching a little more than you usually do, but I think this is exciting to me when I think about God's presence being there. When God's presence comes back to Jerusalem it talks about that a river will actually leave the place where his presence will be on that spot right there where the temple was. The river will flow out the eastern gates, and it'll flow downhill to the Dead Sea. Again, if you've been there, you understand this, but if you've not been there, Jerusalem is up on this hill, and the Dead Sea on our tour groups, we've already been there, we've already floated in it. You know, it's, you just you walk it, you can't stay standing. It just takes your feet out from underneath you and you can float. No hands, no feet in the water. I mean, it's dead. It's so full of the saline, it's so salt. Nothing is, is living in it other than microorganisms. I mean, it's just, and, and the Bible says that God's gonna, his presence will be there in Jerusalem. And then there's going to be a river flowing out of Jerusalem, and it's going to flow down to the Dead Sea, and the Dead Sea's going to come to life, and everything's going to flourish around it, and it's almost like a brand new Garden of Eden, if you will. And that kind of, it's kind of exciting. Matter of fact, when I was with our tour guide, I said to him, I said, you know, Jerusalem is the only major city of the world that doesn't have a river. And he looks at me and he goes, you're right. And I said, but Ezekiel prophesied that, J- that Jerusalem is going to get its river. Yeah. And, and him and I were having a moment, you know, and he was like, wow. And, 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 and he, uh, this is what it says in Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 8 and 9. Then he said to me, this is again, the Lord speaking to Ezekiel, he said, these waters go out towards the eastern region and go down into the Arabah. Then they go toward the sea being made to flow into the sea and the waters of the sea become fresh. Speaking of the Dead Sea, And it will come about that every living creature which swarms in every place where the river goes will live and there'll be many fish for these waters go there and the others become fresh so everything will live where the river goes. Talk about the Dead Sea. It's saying when God comes back and it's God is there, his presence is there in Jerusalem again, a river's going out, it's gonna make the Dead Sea come alive and on a new lush, beautiful place that will be full and full of life. So when I look at this, I understand the presence of God is so strong. And and to Ezekiel, he's like, this is a major revelation. God is there. God is there, his presence. But again, let me go back before we apply it to our life. In Genesis, we see God's presence. We see God's presence with Moses. He sees God's presence and he realizes God's presence is so strong. We see that God gave his presence and he showed up in a manifest present way to the prophet, priest, and king. It was a very special thing. Beautiful. And then when God sends Jesus, he says, I'm with you. I'm with you. And Jesus promised us, he said, I'm with you. My presence is with you. I'm going to be with you all the Everywhere you go on this earth, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm going to be with you. My presence will be with you. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So for us today, knowing that God is there, knowing that Ezekiel drew great comfort in realizing God is there, God hasn't forgotten us, his presence will be there and will bring new life. I'm thinking about how we should live right now. And I would tell us this, that we need to realize God's presence is there and there. All right, if you're not seeing this, if you're listening only and you're not watching this, God's presence is there. Ezekiel is promising God's presence will be there. That's his new name. God is there in Jerusalem, but it's there, but it's also in us. The presence of God is in us. And everywhere we go now, the presence of God is there. That's an exciting thing for us. The pres- now, some of us are, are so accustomed to this, but we don't realize his presence is in you. It's all around you. It's all over you. And I'm not just talking, I'm not talking about his omniscience saying God is there. I'm talking about his presence, the Holy Spirit. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is in you and God's presence is in you. God is there and God is there. That's an exciting thing for us. And so... Brother Lawrence wrote this. He wrote the book, The Practice of the Presence of God. He said, the most holy and necessary practice in our spiritual life is the presence of God. That means finding constant pleasure in his divine company, speaking humbly and lovingly with him in all seasons, at every moment, without limiting the conversation in any way. We could say the Lord is there. The Lord's presence is what, matter of fact, when I'm walking through the day, it's not uncommon for me to be having dialogue with God right throughout the day. I'm feeling a prompting with the Holy Spirit. I'm responding. And inside, I'm saying that, you know, I don't walk down the street mumbling. All right, for those of you that are worried, you know. But inside, I'm like, Lord, that's, that's, I really feel you're prompting. Do you want me to go and do that? And I feel, yep, I want you. All right, I'm going over. There's, there's a, a dial. There's something going on every day. I'm practicing the presence of God. I'm realizing that God is there and God is there. That means for you at your workplace, God is there. When you're there, God is there. That means in your school, God is there. That means in your home, God is there. I'll never forget this. We had a pilot that lived with us, and he said, the presence of God, it's like when I pull in your driveway, he, he just needed a room. He rented a room from us it was years ago. He said, when I pull in your driveway, I just feel God is there. He's like, I walk on your property, and I feel God is there. I go in through the doors of your house, and God is, there's, there's a presence of God in your home, God is there. That's a a joy that we get to have with the Holy Spirit living within us. That means that in your pain, God is there. Somebody needs to hear this right now. In your pain, God is there. He's not leaving you alone. You can call out Jehovah Shema. The the Lord is there. You're there in the midst of it. I, I, I couldn't make this without you. I couldn't do this. I couldn't fight this disease. I couldn't remember this loss in my life if I didn't realize, God, you're there. You're here with me right now, and your presence is real. Alexander McLaren, a Scottish minister, said this. He said, true peace comes not from the absence of trouble, but from the presence of God. And in your pain... The presence of God gets you through so that it confounds other people. They're like, how in the world do you do that? It's not self-help. It's not enough hyping yourself up. The presence of God, God is there with you in the midst of that. That means in our real life, God is there in our loneliness In our loneliness, right now, Americans have never been more lonely than right now. Prior to COVID, they said one in five Americans felt lonely. They felt just so lonely, and it was only increasing with COVID. And we got to realize, guess what? God is there. We don't have to be lonely. He's with us in that moment. He's, He's giving us the strength. His presence is real in our life, and God is there. A.W. Tozer said this, there is a strain of loneliness infecting many Christians, which only the presence of God can cure. I'll say this, and I know that we have a growing online congregation, and I know that we feel the presence of God. I love, absolutely love it, that I can feel the presence of God as I'm watching online. I just thank God for that. That we, There have been times where I've been watching, whether it's at a picnic table or at our house or hotel or on the road, and I'm watching, and the presence of God, I'm like, God is there. God's with me here, but he was there. And somehow in that digital transfer, I feel the presence of God. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you can make it gathering for worship with other believers, you will take it to another level like God is there. People have been coming in since COVID and coming in, and, and week by week, we see new people coming in, and they're, they're just, the presence of God is so strong when we come and we gather together. I, I, I'm not trying to sensationalize this, but I really believe there's been a new level of God is there on our worship. I just feel like there's a new level of God is there on our church. And it feels to me just like that pilot said when he walked and pulled onto our driveway, it feels like when I get close to church, and I know this is just a building, and I know we are the church, all right, the people, but I just feel like as we're getting together, I feel like a spiritual rumble going on, if you will. I do, I feel it happening. There have been times when I'm preparing for the sermon and the worship team is prepping and I'm like, I, I've got to leave my office, come into the room and I just worship for a song or two and I'm walking around the room before you even get here and you know, I'm like, man, the presence of God. And I'm just telling you, something is happening and, 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 and if you can't get here because of limitations or comorbidities or distance, we have people all around the world please know we're praying that the presence of God will go through the the technology. But if you can make it and you can get, there's something going on. And I say, God is there. God is there. God is there. I want to say this about a church. What a great thing that can be said about a church. God is there. God is there. We, We had our conference just recently and we had pastors from all across America that were here and some of their staff and their team and they came in, they said, God is there. God, like, we, we felt the presence of God, the manifest presence of God, that which can be observed, that which can be felt. We felt the presence of God in this, God is there. I had somebody out in the community said, I told my friend to go to your church because God is there. I love that. That's a great compliment. They didn't say, I told them to go to your church because you're a great guy. They said, I told them to go to your church because God is there. Let that be said about our church. God is there. God is there in all of our tasks and responsibilities and our callings. Without it, we'd be sunk. Moses said that in Exodus 33, 15. Then Moses said to God, if your presence doesn't go with us, do not send us up from here. It's like if if you're not there, if you're not going with us, if you're not going to be, God is there. If God's staying here, we're staying here. If God's there, we're going there. And Mo's like, we're not going, because if you're calling us to do that, we can't do it in our own strength. And so I want to say to all that are that are tasked with a feeling like God is calling you to step to a new there. God is there. To all of our five hundred, God is there. If whatever country you're going to, God is there. He's going to be with you. He's not going to leave you, just like Jesus said. To the leader that feels you've got to stand up for God in a stronger way, God is there. To the, to the student that feels like they've got to stand up and lead at a time when people are mocking the things of God and you feel like this fall, I'm leading the, the Christian group on our school, I'm going to lead it, God is there, he's with you. He, his presence is going with you. And I love what one theologian said. He said, this promise that his presence is with us, that God is there with us and for us and never gonna leave us. He said, it's not like cozy reassurance, but it's necessary equipment for the mission. Like, okay, God is there, don't worry. No, God is there, load up. God is there. He's going to be there. His presence is going to get you through. And I've noticed this, the devil will attack your convictions, your faith, your stepping out, you, you do that. He's like, you're on your own. You're on your own. God's never going to help. No, God's there. I have a new name that I can pray and that I know God is there. And if, if it ends with that, if it starts with that, if Jesus reassured me, I believe God is there. That means God is there in the auditorium, in the office, in the classroom, in the foreign country, wherever God's called us, he's there. He's going to be with us. Another way that we, um, again, live this out is we look for His presence and we cherish His presence. And His presence just shows up in such a special way. His presence just shows up in a special manifest way. I- I've just got to share this. In the past year, I've had two very interesting prayer meetings, all right? Two very interesting prayer meetings. One with, was with the Catholic Archbishop in Minnesota, And one was a prayer meeting with John Piper just this last week, all right? So you talk about, that almost sounds like a joke. Pastor Rob, John Piper, and the Archbishop got together. All right. When I prayed with the Archbishop, we were having lunch and we got done and we prayed for our state and we prayed for all that God was doing we were wiping away tears from our eyes and we were like, the manifest presence of God showed up in that building, showed up at lunch and we were wiping away tears. The presence of God was so strong, like the rain pouring on this roof right now. (laughs) Boom! I'm trying to preach and ignore that rain and I'm like, can't, I gotta pull it into the message. All right. Man, the presence of God was so strong, floods that room. And the archbishop, he's wiping away the tears. And he's like, wow, God just showed up. The other day I was having lunch with John Piper. It was just one of those things. He used our auditorium to preach at a conference. And I said, man, the fee for using our auditorium is, you got to have lunch with me, you know. So we had lunch. And afterwards, I mean, it was just an amazing lunch, talking about the things of God, talking about missions. And again, the presence of God, poured out on that cafe in Minneapolis. And as we got done praying together, I, mean, I was wiping away the tears. And I was saying, God, again, thank you for your presence right in this cafe, right in this church, right wherever it is. Thank God. Matter of fact, it's still raining so hard right now. Let's join in with the rain and give God glory and praise. Let's clap all across all of our campuses. <laughs> glory to God for your presence. It's real. Praise God. I try the best I can to ignore things that are happening. One time, campuses don't know this, but we had a little toddler come from the back row, walked up, and everybody's watching. And this little toddler, he walked right across. I just kept right on preaching. And everybody in the room was watching that toddler. And the toddler walked all the way across. Went over to Pastor Kirk. Pastor Kirk said, is your mom or dad here? And he looked and he pointed back to the stadium seat. He said, back there. And and, and then he helped him get back to his mom and dad. And then finally they all started listening to the sermon again. You forgot that one. (laughs) Kind of like this rain. All right. All right. Oh, man. Presence of God is real. Presence of God is real. A church that lives out, God is there that says we understand that God's presence is in us, around us. We are just believing for the manifest presence of God. It's like the song we wrote, the church is alive. This is what it feels like when the church is alive. That church has passion, that church has power, that church has joy, that church has unity, that church has life, because God is there. That's the type of church we want to be. And we want to say Jehovah Shema. His God is there. God is there. We, we know that Ezekiel is talking about God is there, Jerusalem. But we know Jesus says God is here right now. And we know that he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a deposit upon us. The Holy Spirit is a deposit and he's the guarantee of God's presence. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5 says this. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. The presence of the Holy Spirit that we feel now is a deposit. It's just a taste of God's presence. And we need to have a longing and a joy and a looking forward to, like Ezekiel said, Jehovah Shema, the Lord is there. We need to have a a desire, like, Lord, if you've given us just a deposit, if you've given just a guarantee of what's coming, Lord, we're hungry for more. We're desiring more. We want more of your presence. and We want to know that we're not alone. And together, we will seek you like never before. So, Lord, I'm praying for that right now over our church, that we'd seek you And even as it continues to rain, as I preach this sermon, I'm praying that you would pour out your presence. You would pour out your presence in a greater way. I'm praying that we would feel that. I pray for the person that is alone. They'd realize your presence. You are the God that is there. I pray for the person that feels like your promise is taking too long. You're the God that is there. I pray for the person that is being called to step out and do something courageous for you. They'd realize you are the God that is there. And God, for a hunger to settle upon our church. God, a hunger to settle upon our church for more of your presence, more of your glory, more outpouring, more in this place. So we say more in Jesus' name. We say more of the presence of the Holy Spirit working in our midst. Pour out your spirit like rain. Pour out your spirit like a soaking rain, a long rain that does so much good And God, we will give you all the glory and the honor and the praise. We thank you. We thank you that you started with your presence being there with Adam and Eve. And the word of God says we will end with your presence. God is there. And until that day, we want to live it out. God is there. May your presence increase. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.